Let us worship God. reading from the prophet Ezekiel, the 34th chapter, beginning with the 11th verse. In preparation to hear these words, let us pray. Holy One, we give you thanks for these ancient words and for the lives of those who have carried them down throughout the ages. We ask that you would open our hearts and minds this morning, that your word might fall afresh upon us this day. Amen. For thus says God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, 
so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. And I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, by the watercourses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. They shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured, and I will strengthen the weak, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Therefore, thus says God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep, because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted at all the weak animals with your horns until you scattered them far and wide. I will serve my flock, and they shall no longer be ravaged, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be their shepherd, and I will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I have spoken. I will make with them a covenant of peace and banish wild animals from the land so that they may live in the wild and sleep in the woods securely. I will make them and the region around my hill a blessing, and I will send down the showers in their season. They shall be showers of blessing." The trees of the field shall yield their fruit, and the earth shall yield its increase. They shall be secure on their soil, and they shall know that I am the Holy One when I break the bars of their yoke and save them from the the hands of those who enslaved them. They shall no more be plunder for the nations, nor shall the animals of the land devour them. They shall live in safety and no one shall make them afraid. I will provide for them splendid vegetation so that they shall no more be consumed with hunger in the land and no longer suffer the insults of the nations. They shall know that I, the Holy One, their God, am with them, and that they, the house of Israel, are my people, says God. You are my sheep the sheep of my pasture, and I am your God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Thanks be to God.
From the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 25, verses 31 to 46. When the Son of Humanity comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his throne of glory. All the nations will be gathered below, before him. And he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep at his right hand and the goats at the left. Then the monarch will say to those at the right hand, Come, you that are blessed, inherit the realm prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry. And you gave me food. I was thirsty. And you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. And you welcomed me. I was naked. And you gave me clothing. I was sick. And you took care of me. I was in prison. And you visited me. Then the righteous will answer, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that we saw you a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that we saw you sick or in prison and visited you? And the sovereign will answer them, Truly, I tell you, just as you did it to one of the least of these who are members of my family, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, 
you that are accursed. Depart from me into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not give me clothing. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, When was it that we saw you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not take care of you? Then he will answer them, Truly I tell you, just as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Does Jesus have a beef with goats? <laughs> Is he trying to get our goat? Are we just a herd of cats? Are we going to the dogs? Is life a wild goose chase? Is preaching about these readings opening a can of worms? To avoid the eternal doghouse, we need to go whole hog, not chicken out, and get our ducks in a row before we sing our swan song. Can any of you help me translate that into Hebrew or Greek? <laughs> our readings today are what we call apocalyptic. Well, at the time of Jesus, they were crazy about apocalyptic writing. Christians have never gotten over it. But what is apocalyptic writing? Well, it's something that's really difficult to translate. But basically, they are writings to encourage people who are discouraged in the depths of hopelessness to give them hope. Job says to his friends, who were kind of hopeless, ask the beasts, and they will tell you. The birds of the air, and they will tell you. Ask the plants of the earth, and they will teach you. And the fish of the sea will declare to you who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every creature, every living thing, and the breath of every human being. Can we expand our hearts to see the face of Christ in all 
of creation. Through the ages, the church and its various manifestations has done what it can to control people with the fear of hell. And at the same time, at least sometimes, to encourage us with the universal love of God. Rather than considering the church to be the holder and keeper of the mystery of God, when we look, observe, and relate to our siblings of creation, we discover that God is always, already outside our walls and definitions. One day when I was still working as a flight attendant, I was greeting the passengers. I like to see who was coming onto my airplane. And there was this group of young people coming in. I thought, well, I'm, this is an interesting group of kids. And I asked one of them, well, what group are you? And she said, well, we're from such and such a church, and we're going, I may have told this story here before, we're from such and such a church, and we're going to this country to bring Jesus. Well, I knew the country, and I said, well, you know, if your heart's open, you might see that Jesus is already there. Jesus is already there. Both the sheep and the goats ask the same question out of their surprise. But we can imagine that the sheep and the goats have different meanings in their surprise. Lord, when did we see you? Jesus' response is basically, when not? How can we imagine the different inner responses? I've got to get the left and the right correct. <laughs> of those who see Christ without realizing it, oh, they're actually over here, without realizing it, in their care for their siblings in creation? Or those who see Christ but do not know and do not care? I can imagine one response. Well, if I had only known that it was you. That part of us needs the goat treatment. Don't miss who is in front of you. Every day is the end of the world. The judgment we are subject to is spoken through the needs of our neighbor today. The sheep part of us does things because they know they're the right thing to do here and now, and not as a ticket to heaven or to make points with God. Jesus points out simple 
possible acts of care that are to be done without just playing up to the monarch of the universe. Jesus is pointing our faces, pointing our faces at his face in the faces of people who are often othered in society. Have you heard of Joshua Bell? He's one of the world's best violinists. I've heard of him, but I don't think I have ever heard him. I would like to. Anyway, Joshua Bell, one of the world's premier violinists, decided to do an experiment. He played his finest music as an incognito busker in the subway. Very few stopped to listen to him in the subway. Fewer left a tip, and only one person recognized him. Most hurried by. We can wonder how many of those who paid no attention to him in the subway would have been willing to pay plenty for a ticket to hear him in a concert hall, where his name would have been on the marquee. In case you would like to hear him in a concert hall, he will be at Davies on April 7th. <laughs> and the cheapest ticket is $157. Christ as the Sovereign One is imagined or imaged as a shepherd who cares for his sheep, and let us say also cares for his goats. It was typical to have both sheep and goats in a herd. Shepherds were essential workers in the Jewish economic system. They provided victims for temple sacrifice, but they themselves were generally too unclean to even enter the temple. Shepherds were outsiders in relation to good society. The second coming of Christ is us now as the body of Christ. Every day is the end of the world and every creature is a new opportunity to recognize the face of Christ and respond. Once there was a community of people who lived along a river. And they started noticing that frequently there were bodies, dead bodies, floating down the river. Woo. That's the sound of a dead body floating down the river. Well, in good Christian response, they organized an effective volunteer system to keep giving the bodies respectful Christian burial. The bodies kept floating down the river. The community kept giving the bodies reverent burial. But 
There was an important question not being asked. What was it? Exactly. Why are there bodies floating down the river? Dom Helder Camara, an open-eyed and open-hearted bishop in northeastern Brazil from 1964 to 1985, said, when I feed the hungry, they call me a saint. When I ask why people are hungry, they call me a communist. I imagine that Jesus was speaking of sheep and goats in the idiom of his time and place. Goats had a very special role in the Jewish economy, in their liturgy, and their culture. The Passover sacrifice could be a lamb or a goat, equal. Goats and sheep pastured together. Goats eat things sheep won't. The technical terms for what they eat, sheeps are grazers. They have their heads down, pulling the grass out. John Muir couldn't stand the damage they did to the Sierra Nevada. They didn't belong there. Pulling out by the roots all of the grass. Goats are browsers like deer. They have their heads up and are eating weeds and twigs and leaves and everything else. Goat milk is more nutritious and more generous than ewe's milk. Not yours, ewe's. <laughs> Sheep's milk. Goats were the central symbols for Yom Kippur. Two twin-like goats were presented to the high priest. Casting lots, one was chosen to be sacrificed at the altar, the other was sent out of the city into the desert and over a cliff to symbolize the carrying away of our sins, to remind us of God's forgiveness and our purification. In the book of Leviticus it says, And the goat shall bear upon him all their iniquities unto a land not inhabited, and he shall let go of the goat in the wilderness. But today's parable is a call to deal with our inner conflicts. To recognize where we are broken, to take responsibility for what is our responsibility, confess and see ourselves and the creation we are part of in a new way. Each of us is both sheep and goat. It's dangerous to take this as an us them story of righteousness and condemnation. The goat is a symbol of what needs to be sent away for us to live and be well. 
Readings about separation and righteousness are often used to other certain people or groups. This is destructive and seems to miss the point. Perhaps we can get more help from these readings if we recognize that we all have goat and sheep aspects. The goat is not evil. Brother goat serves as an image of the Christ taking away what is leading us astray, keeping us back, keeping us broken. The goat represents God's gracious mercy in continually giving us revelations. Apocalypse means unveiling, revealing, giving us revelations of God's presence and opportunities to grow. God is calling us to get off our high horses, stop monkeying around, be a wise owl rather than a wise ass, stop being a chameleon, stop being a bull in the china shop of God's creation. We don't need to be deer in the headlights. We can have eagle eyes for what's around us. We don't need to feel like a fish out of water, nor as stubborn as a mule. See God's revelations in the needs of other creations of God. Read the book of creation rather than just parrot the books of the Bible. We are not called to be righteous peacocks, proudly strutting our salvation while condemning those we might see as ugly ducklings.
As we continue now with the prayer chants, you are invited in the silence of your hearts to offer your prayers of intercession and supplication, those prayers for the world, for those you love, and for yourself to be given to God.
have fed us in word, in silence, in song, and in community. And for that, we give you our thanks and our praise. Amen. Every day is a new opportunity to recognize the face of Christ in all creation. Go forth and respond. And may the grace of God who created you in love the peace of Christ who teaches it is possible to be love, and the power of the Spirit who calls you ever forward into new experiences of love be and abide with you this day, this week, and evermore. Amen. Amen.